How's it going out there, everybody? Welcome to another Addicted Podcast. I know it's been a while, but I think we say that at just about every single time we start these. So, you know what? I think that's just how we just intro our podcast now. Just, hey, I know it's been a while, but here we are. You know, we've been doing a lot of fishing, been doing a lot of other projects. We've been gallivanting off in Michigan and Alaska, filming Addicted Alaska 3, The Return of the Kings. So we got some other stuff going on, but we figure we'd get back here in the studio tonight because we've got a couple very special guests. They like to uh, grace us with their presence once a year, but they should actually get in here more. But we've got legends in the industry, legendary baits and scents, Mr. Procure themselves. So we got Mr. Jason Hambly and Steve Lynch in today to talk about some of the ins and outs on the Procure and what we got coming down the pipe as far as some new products and some new stuff coming down hopefully this year yeah. and uh, also just to kind of rehash some of the uh, really cool baits and scents you guys come out that are already out right now. So why don't you guys introduce yourself, let us know how long you've been uh, working there at the old Procure and what you guys do. Hey, well, I'm Steve Lynch and I've been with Procure since 2001. We started in 1984, so I've been in 2001 through present. So probably 20, another 20 year anniversary. Yeah, probably another five years and then I'll go do something different. Who knows? Go do something as in retire and fish a lot? Oh, probably more. Yeah. <laughs> more than more than you fish now. Yes. A lot of product testing in that old procure line, huh? Yeah. I do a lot of talking. Jason gets to fish a lot more than I do. Oh. So I do the talking, he does the actually playing. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, not bad. It's a rough life. Not bad for Jason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Mr. Hambly? Oh, I've been there since uh, oh, or 2015. I've been in the industry since 97, but Procure's been a good, easy transition, and it's been an awesome company to work for, and Steve and Phil are just both fantastic guys to work with, and it's been a good good deal. There's a lot so, of history down there. Oh, yeah. Yep. A lot of, lot, of, lot of guys fishing and just spending a lot of time on the water, and they know their products, and it worked out well, so... Well, knowing how fishy you two guys are and knowing like some of the products that have come out in the last like 20 years, it's a no brainer, you know, why Procure, you know, all the products are awesome. I mean, I use them a ton of my guide service. I mean, obviously we've been a partner with you guys for six years, six years before, I think before you. Right about the time I started. Yeah. Yeah. And you were with, yeah, you were, I've. I've been dealing with you guys since day one, basically. Yeah, I do. We greatly appreciate that. Yeah. And like I said, we couldn't think of any other you know, bait and scent guys because you know you guys put a lot of success down and are, we'll have a lot of successful products that we use in our guide services and, and what we sell online and stuff like that with you guys. And it's uh, it's really killer. But uh, let's talk about, you know, we're sitting here. It's it's mid-July. I mean, what's everyone talking about right now? How much herring brine, Procure, <laughs> brine and bite have you sent out the doors in the last month? Truckloads. Yeah. A lot. Pallets and pallets. Uh, every distributor and large dealer, when their orders are probably up at least 200% over the same time last year. I mean, so it is it is a ton of products going out the door. The whole tackle industry is just upside down right now. It's insane. We've been preaching it for so long, even like on the last live feeds, and we've had JT from Short Bus Flashers in, and you know he's talking about how he's going to run out of product and stuff like that. But for you guys... You guys are running all that fresh bait. I mean, you guys are probably running at capacity, but is there even, like, bait shortages? Is there, I mean, what's the story right now? Knock on wood, we're, we're not out of any bait with the exception of single salmon eggs for our jarred single salmon eggs. I mean, we're, we have crawfish, herring, tuna. Um, yeah, we found it and, and bought up on it, and we have off-site storage premises. So knock on wood, we've been fortunate that uh, we've been able to find it. A lot of times we're going in after the fact, so paying a higher price for it. I mean, those are the days I wish we were just pumping perfume into wax. So it'd be super easy. You know, right. but when you go need 40,000 pounds of crawfish and no one's pulling crawfish traps, 
kind of makes it tough. Well, and then they're all going to <laughs> they're all going to the <laughs> the grocery stores and stuff like that too, Cor- right? Correct. So single, so you say there's a shortage of single salmon eggs. My guess is is a lot of the um, offshore or uh, overseas egg markets. And that that is like that. that is taken off huge. It's the yeah. yeah caviar and just things like that. They're they're buying it all up, and the price has just gone astronomical on it. So. Yeah, single salmon egg, is that a lot of chum, or do you do all do all species with that? Uh, they do, I would do any species I get my hand on, but right mm. now it's about $17 a pound for, for single Oh, my gosh. So when you're making some little batches of winter chrome blend, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cherish those bottles out yeah, there, guys. Yep. Cherish those bottles. Yep. Well, well, we buy a couple hundred thousand pounds of cure and crush eggs that are not A or B grade, uh, that we're just curing for our crab and shrimp attractant or that goes in our butt juice. Uh, but here again, a few years ago where we were 10,000 pounds, I mean, it's just stupid. Uh, I think this last year was over 130,000 pounds of just junk eggs, not rancid, but just not attractive. They wouldn't be good enough for you to cure and use them as fishing, but just to cure them and then crush them and grind them up. And and that goes in our crab attractant, uh, which is huge because that's a heavy oil. So it keeps on the bay floor. So if you're marinating chicken or or what a shad or whatever, the scent is just not floating to the top. It, it travels out on the bay floor. I think everyone's kind of seen that. Like when you rinse out a jar of eggs in your mason jar, you see like the white milky yeah. stuff settles to the bottom. So maybe that's why that stuff works so good. Sure. Yep. I didn't even know that. It's crazy. Yep. But 100,000 100, pounds of Pallets eggs. and pallets of it. Pallets. Mm-hmm. From Alaska? from Anywhere I can. Anywhere you I get mean, them. A lot of times it's Alaska, though. Yeah, I like to try to deal with cold storage units in Washington, Oregon or California because then I'm not paying freight from Alaska to here. So I try to work it out to where maybe it did originate in Alaska, but it's sitting in Bellingham or um, you know. just so you can easily quickly get your hands Correct. on it. Well, what about other fish? I mean, what about herring and sardines? Like I said, we're talking, you know, there was herring shortages across the board, um, you know, for our bait stuff, for our bait quality stuff, but but not for not for the the. the not for our style, just a cure, you know, the 40-pound block, you know, where they're, they're mm-hmm. monster size. So, so guys, just for chunking them up for halibut or bottom fishing, there was no shortage of that. So we had no issues with the herring. Uh, actually, I think it was one of our cheaper years yeah. uh, for the herring, yeah. uh, for buying the big block. But, I mean, shoot, they're three pounds, right? <laughs> you, you, you couldn't do anything with them. They're just, it, you'd have to thaw out a whole giant block of them. Well, no, we don't want to do anything with yeah. them because that's why you guys make those beautiful little bottles of the 4-ounce and the 12-ounce <laughs> bottles. Sure. Yep, exactly. The herring oil. That's why we don't have to do anything with them because yeah. you guys do. Yep. No, that's exactly. What about the egg curing? What about egg cure stuff? I mean, how are we sitting on that? I mean, I know I'm hoping you brought some samples today. I'm hoping you brought some, some good stuff today because we are getting to that part to where these guys in the stores, you know, I, we say it every year, don't be the guy that shows up and, and catches a nice salmon and brings it home and goes, oh, I didn't get any of my Pro-Cure Red Hot Double stuff yeah. or my Fuse Cure, and then go to the store and expect it to be sitting on the shelf, especially this day and age. Right. Yeah, no, we're, we're sitting pretty good on most of the products. It's just the biggest thing is we're just trying to keep, keep inventory levels up and trying to keep up with the demand. So, But right now we're sitting pretty good on most everything. Give it a month. Yeah, yeah. We're still sitting here before the opener of the old buoy tent. But right. we've been doing six six days a week. 10 to 12 hours a day, except for when it's extremely hot. We were shutting down between noon and 1. Other than that, for the last few months, they've been six days a week, and they're happy to do it. Uh, but if we weren't doing that, I mean, and we're still three weeks backed up on orders, but if we weren't doing that, we would be 10, 12 weeks backed up on orders. 
I guess with all the product you guys probably ship off to Alaska and stuff too. I mean, those yeah, guys everywhere. have been running crazy now for almost two months. I mean, it's all across the all across the world globe for that matter. We're sending a ton of stuff overseas right now too. It's it's What's just most crazy busy. Popular products you send overseas? Uh, shrimp gel. Well, they they a lot of them do their own private label stuff, but it's it's shrimp and inshore saltwater mullet and sardine sardine. All East Coast stuff or I mean, uh, Spain or where? where well, it I mean, it's it's going a lot to Australia. Australia, oh, yeah, New, yeah. Zealand, New Zealand, Russia, yep. uh, Germany, um, just all the above. A lot of the shore fishing in Australia. Yes, we got to do addicted Alaska or addicted Australia. So they <laughs> can't Alaska, Australia. <laughs> that makes no sense. Yeah, because they can't leave their country. If they leave their country when they come home, mm-hmm. they've got to be quarantined. Not not at the choosing of their choosing. They're grabbed at the airport, and at their expense, they're put up for two weeks. So none of those folks are coming to ICAST this year. <laughs> Uh, but the good news for the distributors back there, they're staying home and fishing. So they're selling products oh, yeah. to their, their guys where they're normally coming to the U.S. to fish. Uh, so their sales are way up because people are staying home or in their prospective country and fishing there. I guess, yeah, another another af- another effect of the good old, uh, the COVID. Good old COVID. Jeez. That's global, yeah. It's, yeah it's, a, it's been crazy everywhere. It's nuts. You sell a bunch of stuff to Canada in that respect too, oh, yes. because of that. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. Not that a lot of those guys probably come here much, but yeah. <laughs> we yeah. want to go to Canada. But at the same Canada's time, they locked it up. So. You know what's funny though? As you say that, I got friends that live in Vancouver or or inland there, and they most of those guys want to come down here to fish. It's funny. Everybody wants to go where they're not. Yeah, sure. you know, everyone gets everyone likes enjoys their backyard, but yeah. at the same time, well, they, the they, reason why we all go running around everywhere we do. Yep. Like go do something different. That's wild. What about new products? Is there anything cool or crazy you can tell the us? Only thing, just kind of buckle down and grind right now. The only thing new we came out with this year is we came out with the orange kokanee cure. That we, we've done the wizard kokanee corn magic for a long time, and we have it in a pink, we have it in a natural, and now we have it in an orange, a fluorescent orange. And that's been, that was a lot of guys in central Washington were barking for it, so we did it, and that's taken off pretty good. I was going to ask if that orange was a California thing or like a southern, yep. central that's, Washington, that's a central Washington thing. Yep. Hmm. But yeah, like you said, we can't. So what keep you're up. saying is better try some orange cameras. Yeah, that's right. Yep. We can't keep up with the orders we have, so yeah. I just couldn't justify creating throwing ten new items into the mix. Right. When I can't produce on a regular basis stuff that we're currently stocking. That's too bad because Marlon and I were talking a couple of days ago and we had some ideas for some of the bait wax stuff that we really want to would love to see. Okay. So, but it might involve. Some of those, some of that stuff that's going to be hard yeah. to get. Sure. <laughs> right now. Gotcha. What are you guys getting ready for? What are you doing for Buoy Ten? As far as uh, product testing. Oh, <laughs> nothing. <Or> n- slash <laughs> slash. <laughs> we're, we're pretty well, much your most right here. Most no, <laughs> most of the fall we're probably honestly we're probably going to be down on the water ourselves a lot. So yes. we'll be we'll be out there using the products. That's, yeah. Everybody hears about, you know, at least in one of your local hovering haunts, yeah. about you using those products up there. And oh, whatnot. yeah. Yeah. That, up there is just a big test of it. I mean, you're, you're changing baits, changing scents, changing everything all the time. And that's, that's, and it makes a world of difference. You know, so. when, you, when you talk about products and these guys' egg cures and scents and stuff, guys, like Jason probably participates in one of the, for those that don't know, but probably participates in one of the more heavily competitive hover fisheries, is what we'll call it, where there's basically, Hundreds of fish sitting under your boat, yeah. and you're right by other boats. But for some reason, you know, out of the all the fish caught, 80% of them get caught by two boats. Yeah. Everybody else a catches of, their fear. A lot of times it works that way. That's right. Any tips, I mean, on some of these fisheries coming up that you'd like to 
maybe share with these guys as far as the the biggest thing is I it's what I've seen time and time again is a lot of times in the mornings it seems like when the water's cooler is use something with an anise base and as it warms up use something with a garlic base and uh, another thing too is just obviously is just boat control keeping your lines perfectly perpendicular that's that's critical so you can sense the bite not only that it's just it's it's kind of like bobber fishing. Yeah. If you're if you're floating if you're bobber fishing down a river and you're you're moving your bobber a lot or your bobber's at a cocked angle, you don't seem to get bit that much. But when your bobber's floating perfectly perpendicular, a lot of times that's when that thing buries. Yeah. The same it, theory. Is it you're getting bit that much or you're not seeing them? Yeah, it could could be both. I, I'll I'll bring this up because you, you know it's such a good thing to touch on. I threw th- well, we had a really good springer fishery going on a couple of years back in yeah. one of, on a very very good bobber hole and I threw a camera on it. I cast it out one time and was using some Procure Fuse, of course, and then, of course, some shrimp scent, a little sand shrimp on it, the good stuff, and threw it out in the hole. First bobber through, I, I had a bite and I missed it. Second cast through, and these are, keep in mind, these are fully recorded on one of those cameras. Yeah. Second cast through, bobber didn't do anything. Third cast through, the bobber, like, wiggled at the top, and I thought about it, thought about setting the hook, but he dropped it, and then it went down a little bit further and then buried. Yeah, I set the hook and got him. Went back home and I and I and I looked at that, looked at that camera, and I had no less than twelve or thirteen bites from salmon in those three casts on those holes hovering through there, because the bobber kind of swirls around, moves around. That leader kicks around, and those yeah. fish were coming up and inhaling the bait, yeah. smashing it, and kicking it out. Yeah. And I was never even seeing it on the it's twenty feet deep, but you never seen it. So stay in perpendicular, stay in tight to your bait. Uh, definitely an awesome good tip for up oh, there. Yeah. It, it seems to help, that's for sure. A lot of these guys are going to be catching fish here the next couple of weeks. What about tips for egg cure? And, like, let's talk about the process maybe, like, with you guys. on What what do you think is the best method from I caught a fish, and it's a hen, and I've got some good eggs. Now what? What are you guys' recommendations? Biggest thing is, first thing is uh, just bleed your fish. If, if anything, it's good for the bait and the fish itself. It just gets that blood out of there and slows down the process of everything breaking down and getting funky. Next thing is just... Uh, uh, when you go to cure them, it's just tr- with a paper towel, kind of get as much of the blood and with a spoon or whatever it takes to get as much blood out of them as you can. After that, always butterfly your skeins. I don't care how small or big they are. Expo- expose the inside. Just cut where the membrane is not around the eggs. Expose the inside and just get a good even cure on them, a dusting of cure. And then just uh, depending on the cure, it's different process for every one of right. them. It's you just, got the Terry Seamster's, you know, last sup, supper, and you yeah, got magic, or not magic, but the wizard cure, <laughs> magic cure, yeah. wizard cure, red hot fuse. Yep. Every one of them's kind of got a different process, but probably the most drawn out, timely process one is the last supper. It takes a little longer, and it's a like little. A three-day process. Yeah, yeah. Nope, and really, sure. the fuse is kind of a three-day process if you want to do it right. It's It takes a little bit. The biggest thing is, is just kind of let those eggs reabsorb all that juice. And, yep. Don't get too antsy with them. Yep. Well, how firm do you, how firm are you a believer on getting like every last, and I know your answer, but I want, I want people to hear like every last speck of blood out of the eggs. It's important. I mean, but I don't do every last speck. I, I'll go through, like you said, he said, I'll, I'll bleed them, pat them with a, with a paper towel, and I'll go through if there's big areas of it. And as long as I'm wearing gloves, I'll remove them from it as fast as possible and I won't put them right directly on the ice. I'll use a piece of cardboard. You know, I'll, I'll put them in a baggie. But I'll mm-hmm. have a barrier between the eggs and the ice because you can get them too gelled. Uh, 
and, and yeah, it seems like when you throw them right on the ice, like they'll turn like a kind of that darker yeah. orange color. You, you tell them up. they've changed. So yeah. You gel, you gel them. them up. You seal them. They will not cure as well. Uh, they just won't take the cure. I mean, they'll still cure up, and yes, you'll probably get a few fish. Mm-hmm. But the main thing, you want them cold, but you don't need them ice cold. Uh, and so when guys just dump right on ice, it's like, ooh. That's, don't do it. Yes. Yeah. And then as far as the as far as all the blood, I mean, it's – you don't have to, it, like Steve said, it's just a little bit's okay, but do, uh, avoid the big clumps of it. Yeah, yeah the, big, gotta, the big veins. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. But what a lot of guys will do, they'll go to Alaska or whatever, mm-hmm. they'll freeze their eggs. They won't take any care or think about it. They put them in Ziploc baggies, they freeze them. And I had a call today. The guy said, all right, I've got about eight pounds of eggs. I'm going through this whole story, and it's like, ooh. Because the, the moisture in that egg, if, if it's unprotected, it will rupture. Uh, or expands when it freezes. And then when you thought, it's become very, very fragile. So in just moving them around to cure You're talking them, the shell of the egg correct. itself. Correct, yes. Uh, you, you're going to destroy anywhere from 30 to 60% of the eggs, so they're just going to rupture due to the moisture in it. Now, if you can take them to a fish processing plant and have them where a blast freezer or a flash freezer, you know, they'll put it on a plate and they'll charge you a couple bucks, but they'll do 10 pounds of eggs for you in about under a minute. I mean, it instantly freezes them. It withdraws. It removes the color from the egg. But but now you can keep it frozen, get it home, and then thaw them at, you know, in your cooler and put cure to them. Uh, so most every town there, anywhere that has a fish processing place, should have a fish, you know, whether it's a flash freezer, a blast freezer. Uh, it's just a quick freeze. You know, not just throw it in a big chest freezer. That doesn't do it. Yeah, or do yourself a favor and just make sure, like I was talking about earlier in the podcast, to... Bring have cure. some bring cure with you. Yes. Yeah, bring cure if with you. If you can cure, if you can cure fi- the eggs as soon as possible, that is the best thing in the world you can do. Yeah. Because they break down fast. Well, I mean, I think I think one of you guys mentioned this last year. It's like every every minute that that fish has been dead is another minute that those eggs the, potentially the could ticking. start the clock yeah. ticking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just like the same as meat. I mean, if you leave, if you leave. So your salmon, the longer you let it sit, and especially if it's not nice and cold, it, it breaks down and it softens up, and it just it's just not good. It's Time's not the best thing for product. Yeah. No, I mean, I try to bring jars and then eggs you know, with me even when I'm just down at the coast, and instead of, like, yeah. loading the fridge up, you know, trying to cure that process as you get and try to make the best product for fishing later. Yeah. Because you don't ever want to have that in the back of your head, like, did my Are eggs, these eggs bad? These good. <laughs> yeah. Are these it's good? Horrible. One of the things I always ask my clients, you know, it's like, oh, you want the eggs? You know, because I mean, we have plenty of eggs. I don't generally need to be like the 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 egg whore and try to steal all the eggs yeah. from guys. You want the eggs? Oh yeah, yeah, I'll take them. I'm like, I always ask them, like, what are you doing with them? Oh, my brother's coming in like three days, and I'm gonna. No, 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 no. These yeah. are going to be cured within like twelve hours of me handing you this bag, yeah. or else don't even. Yeah, That's right. I say don't even don't even waste your time because you never know what they're gonna do. Put them in their car, drive three hours, forget about them. Don't normally that's them. the case, yeah. right? And, and then they get home and they go, oh yeah, and then they stick them in the freezer and then they thaw them out and then they're yeah. just a pile of mush, right? right. And then they try to cure them and then they're just pure goo, yeah, yep. pure goo. Yes. Any other tips for these guys here before we take off? You know, like for like the hover fishing, the the only other thing that, that I pack is a small bottle of sodium sulfite. And I load up the eggs up. I'll cut like four or five bite-sized pieces, and I will load them up with sodium sulfite. The further upstream you get, it just turns into a hotter egg. But when you're dropping that down, the smoke trail coming off that is just phenomenal. Always pack a little bit with you. Yes, sir. Gotcha. 
Well, right on, guys. Well, I think we need to get into the other studio here to do a live feed for everybody. We're going to be doing some buoy 10 bait and herring prep, or we got some herring and anchovies over there. We're going to talk a little bit more about eggs and stuff. So thank you guys for coming in. And for the rest of you guys out there, be sure to give this, if you're on the YouTube channel, be sure to give this a thumbs up and like and all that good stuff. And we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>